everybody. It is Saturday or Friday. I'm not, it's Friday? I don't know what day it is. It's the Emperor Fringe. It's rainy outside. It's a, a cool and calm Friday afternoon. Everyone's in sweaters. You guys have a lovely energy as a crowd where you're happy to be inside and hoping it's entertaining. But if not, it's, no, it's dry. So fuck yeah. <laughs> What's up? I'm John. Welcome to an improvised podcast that we broadcast later today or more likely tomorrow because I keep forgetting to upload episodes. So they're coming out in weird spurts of like four and then I get emails like, I thought they were coming out daily. Yeah, me too. But go fuck yourself. That's uh, free. How about that? So um, welcome to the attic, the uh, weirdest room to perform in if you're six foot four because you have to sit down to avoid spine problems, but you still get neck problems. <laughs> because the wall digs into the back of your head. And uh, for those of you who haven't seen the show before, basically what it is is I'm gonna stand up here, I'm gonna improvise an hour of stand-up comedy, and most of, it, most of it, or both of it, will be funny, and some of it will not be, and that will be your fault, because <laughs> I'm very good. Already, you're an interesting crowd. We're, we're almost full, but you couldn't tell, because all of you are hidden in the shadows, doing a very brilliant British thing where you're like, well, it's a small room and we know the energy would be better if we sat up front, but we'll sit in the back for fear of embarrassment. <laughs> um, but that's all right, I have, a, uh, I have a story to tell you guys yesterday. It's very rare, comedians at the Ember Fringe, we always come up here and it's usually sort of a fair where you kind of brace yourself for the worst, where you're like, you're gonna get the shit kicked out of you by Kate Copstick and Steve Bennett from Chortle is gonna mug you and then give you like a one-star tattoo on your balls. <laughs> And then like your producer is literally just gonna take money from you and light it on fire and go, no reason. And <laughs> I, I think it's important to look at the uplifting, amazing moments that can happen at the Amber Festival. And I had a very special one uh, yesterday. I'm also doing an hour long stand-up show at the uh, Pleasance Courtyard, 940, come along. Tickets still available, uh, much to my chagrin, but still they are available. And luckily they were because yesterday I walked on stage and we were all, you guys were all at the festival yesterday? Then you felt that amazing heat wave Scotland got for a day and turned all the comedy rooms into little mini saunas where the comedians got to march on and go, who's ready to laugh or more likely sweat in unison? Let's do it. And so I walk on stage and I'm weirdly OCD when it comes to stand-up, which is like I have like a uniform I pick for the month. And this year it's like this semi-thick Farrah vintage dress shirt because I like to pay way too much for clothes over top of another t-shirt and then jeans. So I put on thick clothes and then walked into a room that had a visible mist to it. <laughs> so I walked in and immediately started sweating. And then for a second, I got incredibly nervous because I walked on and then locked eyes with creator of Blackadder, QI. I think he also worked on The Young Ones. John Lloyd was sat like, right in my fucking eyeline. He's not in this room, but I like how all of you look for a second. He's here, I have questions about Stephen Fry. Is he actually that crazy? And um, Blackadder was a huge influence on me. In Canada, they put British comedy on the educational channel. I'm pretty sure because of the accent and they thought, well, they're, they're talking smart, so they must be intelligent. But they would put the young ones on the educational channel. So my grandparents at like five years old were like, well, they're English. There's no way that this could cause damage to your brain. And then there's this Rick Mail punching ball bags and screaming, we're the young ones, and then driving a bus over a cliff. Like, just thinking that going like, I want to be that professionally. Can I do this? Like, this is a job? And, and then Blackadder would come on, and then Blackadder in Canada, again, is thought as educational, because not only is it English, or British, pardon me, it also is, uh, you know, historical. How exciting. 
And so, and then all of that sort of stuff. And so he was in the room and I was just, it was a very weird moment because I was just like, all right, I get a laugh. And then I kind of just like sneakily be like, throw a coin on the ground so I could lean this way and be like, all right, he laughed too. That's fucking amazing. The guy who walked up to Rowan Atkinson and went, can we tone it down, Rowan? You can be Mr. Bean another time, but this is what we call the good show you were on. Now, <laughs> by the way, I don't go for Mr. Bean hate. That was just a joke. I actually really like Mr. Bean, especially now that Rowan Atkinson has come forward and gone, he was an alien. Don't you get it? And everyone went, oh, I thought you were making fun of specially needs people. <laughs> And so um, it was a very weird sort of show, but it, it went really well. And he clapped and laughed along, and I felt really good. And then I walked, and I'm going to another show. And then John Lloyd, I don't know why I keep calling him John Lloyd. Well, it's because that's what his name is. I don't know what to fucking say. It really starts, he walked up to me, and he went, that was a good show. And I was like, like be cool, man. Don't just yell, Black Adder, and then run away. <laughs> don't say something shitty like, I have a QI for you. Can I do your show? Um, I just was like, oh, thanks, man. How did you? Uh, how did you get on wearing that? Because he was in a three-piece suit in the room. And I was like, how did you get on wearing that suit? And he was just like, oh, it's a bit of a uniform. It was a bad idea. Good show. And I was like, thank you. I love you. <laughs> I went to another show. And then today I woke up, and I was talking to my PR. And I was like, did you guys know that he was going? And, th and then she said, oh, no, I talked to him today. Uh, no, he didn't tell anyone. He just bought a ticket. He, uh, he'd watched your YouTube clips and really liked your stuff. And I was like, what? <laughs> What do you mean? And she was like, he has access to the internet. He's a human being like you. And I was like, I don't know about that. That's pretty fucked up. So basically what I'm trying to say is, you guys don't need to laugh. I've already had a lovely day. <laughs> yeah, I don't need your approval. I've got it from one man who resembles my father physically. So guess what, therapy? <laughs> Working out now. But that's not the only thing that's gone on. I'm, uh, I'm losing my voice in a very fun way in that I actually like the tone of my voice when it's a little raspy because it makes me feel like Tom Waits, <laughs> who's like my second favorite indie like proof that I'm too much of a hipster kind of guy, you know what I mean? Because like if you're into, uh, do you like Tom Waits, miss? No, yeah, no, obviously not. Like you'd probably like rock climbing and music that's got a rhythm to it. Uh, well, yeah, 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 not me. I like a, a song by Tom Waits called like Fish Eyes Strombone, where he just opens and shuts a briefcase and goes and you're like, mm, that's art. And, and, you, and you like listen to music that has, you know, uplifting tones. What's your name, by the way? Uh, Laura. Laura, beautiful name. Thanks. You didn't really like it? Thanks. All right, Laura, did you suddenly turn into a 14-year-old boy for a second? Yeah, always. Thanks, yeah, yeah fuck you, dad, or <laughs> skateboarding, whatever. And uh, Laura, what are you doing at the Fringe? Did you take that beer out of, out of your purse? <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. Oh, time for some chat. <laughs> yeah, this, this is what you kept your drink, drinking purse beers? Yeah, yeah. having a couple of wallet loggers, which is not a term I've ever heard, but I'm going to pioneer it. A wallet logger is where you design a pant. I'm surprised the, the, you, this island hasn't come up with this, but it's a pant with a pocket inside of it that can fit a tin of beer that can't be detected. So like, if you're just walking around somewhere and you're like, I could go for a beer, <laughs> and you just have a beer, wallet logger. It's gonna be a thing, or not, either way. <laughs> Put it back in your purse, Laura, and what the fuck was that? <laughs> How was the show? Pretty good until the comedian broke the chair. Luckily, uh, Laura was there. She was a nurse. She was pissed, so she inadvertently sewed his hand onto his head. But still, funny show. Now, back to you, Laura, with your purse beer. Um, where are you from? Uh, London. London. What part of London? Giant city. Giant city. It's a giant city. Oh, right. 
Is there a part of London called Giant City? Because I fucking want to hang out there. Yeah, it's just east south of Hammersmith. Like, you know, when you go up, like, around that one roundabout and then there's the Apollo? If you go askew to the north, you'll find a blue door. Go in there. That's Giant City. Now. Yeah, New Cross. New Cross. Yeah. Where is that? Thank you. Thank you so much, brother. Are you also from Southeast London? Used to. Used to. I can tell by the shirt. Just a very Southeast London shirt, you know what I mean? Like, you look like the kind of guys drinking coffee by a building site going, you know, we could put the concrete over there, get back to work. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy that one even if you didn't. <laughs> Good one, John. Thank you. Uh, New Cross, and what do you do in London, Laura? Uh, I'm an artist. You're an artist. Yeah. So am I, technically. What kind of art do you do? Painting. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. What favorite painter? Uh, I don't know. David Hockney. Don't know who the fuck that is. You know who David Hockney is? No, I don't know if you can tell by my Johnny Cash t-shirt and Tom Waits reference, but I'm not a big art guy. Actually, I am a big art guy, but I never remember who any of the artists were. Like, I saw the Andy Warhol soup can things for a long time, and I just always called him the soup guy for, like, <laughs> up until about two years ago when someone finally went, it's Andy Warhol, and I was like, I don't think it is. I think Andy Warhol was the guy who played Matlock, and they're like, no, that's Andy Griffith, and that joke won't work in the UK because Matlock wasn't on as a TV show. All right, good. Um, did you get Matlock? Oh, so it just wasn't a funny joke, but thank you for clarifying <laughs> and crushing my spirit. No, we understood. We chose not to laugh. Good times. Uh, David Hockney, I, what, what's his most famous piece? Is he the guy who put the shark in the formaldehyde tank? No, that's Damien Hirst. Yeah, I thought that was Damien Hirst. <laughs> I don't fucking know. I did see that live, and I looked at it, and I went, yeah, that's fucking pretty impressive, actually. Everyone else really hated it, but I thought it was cool as shit. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. yeah. Just the idea that he had to hire some people to get a shark and then get... Imagine the day he was putting that together where they see a shark loaded into a warehouse and then a guy walk in with formaldehyde and, like, his name... What are you doing in there, Damien? Uh, working? See you later. And then you hear the sound of a chainsaw. Now, back to you, Laura. Um, biggest splash, describe the piece. I love that you went into pretentious voice. Let's conduct yeah. the... All right, we'll conduct this conversation now in pretentious voice. I will get in pretentious position. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Yeah, I'm doing a visual joke for all the people listening at home. You don't get to... You should have come to the fringe. All right. All right, Laura. So um, we're having coffee, but it's like a special type of latte that has plums in it and is served <laughs> in a hollowed out doll's head. <laughs> and uh, uh, My name wouldn't be John if we're discussing art pretentiously, and your name wouldn't be Laura. What would your yeah. pretentious name be? Oh, I don't know. Julia. Julia. <laughs> it's not a pretentious <laughs> name at all. It's just another lovely name. Let's go with uh, Monica. Yeah, that okay, you're Monica. What, my, what would my pretentious name be? Quentin. Quentin. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. All right. I'm Quentin. You're Minika. Uh, Minika, describe for me David Hockney's The Big Splash. I'm not even going to open my eyes so I can visualize it. Okay, it's like, um, it's, <laughs> it's like a swimming pool with a big splash. What kind of swimming pool, really? Is it kidney bean or the more appropriate Olympic sized? <laughs> it's like, you know, LA Square. LA is so over right now. I'm really into a new town called San Diego. <laughs> yeah, well, this is like when LA was like so hip. It's 
Like 92 in March, not 92 in April. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So, yeah. 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 Hashtag yeah. Double hashtag no filter, hashtag yeah, double hashtag Instagram me at Quentin, not really though, hashtag. Yeah. 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 Oh no, Monika, we're stuck in a yeah loop, yeah. Thank you for breaking it. Okay, so it's a pool in LA when LA was hip, right? And, uh, and what, what, what do you smell when you look at the painting? Do you bring the coconut oil with you, or is it just someone has coconut oil there for you? I have a guy who gives me coconut oil. His name is Billy Coconuts. <laughs> yeah, he's that too. Is he in the painting? <laughs> no, but he's like in the swimming pool. Like Splash is a swimming pool. It's not there anymore, but he's there. My mind is blown. <laughs> More blown than that time we did mescaline in the morning on a Tuesday. Now, back to you. Monica, so keep describing the piece. That's also my favorite thing when really pretentious artsy fartsy people call art like a piece. And I d- I've had it happen with comedy where a guy came up to me and went, I really enjoyed that piece you did. And I went, when I talked about the time my dad farted on a dog, and he was like, <laughs> it was a beautiful piece. And I'm like, it's not Picasso, man. You can't put me and Picasso in the same world or he's going to resurrect himself, marry like 11 more women, and then die. All right, back to you. So like pastel colors. Um, like pastel colors, like uh, I don't know what that means. Like so, like light and wishy-washy. Like crayons. Yeah, but like better. I like how none of you laughed because you thought that that was too ridiculous of a joke that I didn't know what pastel colors were. But I legitimately, for a second, had no idea what the fuck a pastel <laughs> color was. I thought for a second like primary colors, but I was like, no, that's just red, blue. The other fucking primary color. White? Yellow. I thought it was green. No, you can make green by putting yellow and blue together? Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Canadian education system. They, they say they shouldn't let moose teach, but they're very good. If you get an answer wrong, they gore you with their antlers, and then you ride them like a majestic native princess like Pocahontas. All right, let's finish up the pretentious conversation. So uh, final impressions of David Hockney's The Big Splash. It is great. <laughs> You're great. Yeah. Thank you. That was pretentious theater. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Like how you guys went with that for the first five minutes, and then the back three were just like, move it along, Hastings. <laughs> move it the fuck along. And who are you here with at the festival? This is your? My mate. Your mate? What's your yeah. name, brother? Felix. 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 I thought you said your name was Phoenix for a <laughs> second. <laughs> and I was like, why the fuck weren't you in pretentious theater? <laughs> Having all right, and uh, Felix, what do you do for a living besides being a cat? (laughs) 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 Thank you. Uh, In extras casting. You work in extras casting. Oh, hello. Let's talk about that. (laughs) I was a a before I was a really good comedian. I was a piss poor production assistant uh, working for the Canadian Broadcasting Company, which is like the British Broadcasting Company, but instead of having money, they have nothing. Like, they turned down, here's the following programs they turned down. Doctor Who, 
Here's why. Unrealistic. No future in that television show. <laughs> I want to point out right now, Doctor Who's still on the air. Canada's biggest export? Thank you. Um, so you do extra wrangling and extra casting and stuff like that? What's the, can you name any of the productions we may have seen your work? Uh, yeah, in the past. Yeah, yeah, you don't yeah. need to name anything now. I know that this confidential. I don't want to fuck you up, Felix, but you can name something in the past. Uh, like uh, Star Wars, Harry Potter. Get the fuck out of here. Harry Potter? Yeah. Which Harry Potter? Um, like the last four. Very, how old are you? <laughs> I, I wasn't working on it. We're, I've only been there a little while. Oh, so someone else did the work and you're taking all the credit. <laughs> you do work in the film business, my friend. What have you worked on? Citizen Kane, Apocalypse Now, Godfather 2, not Godfather 3, it was piss poor. Uh, so you do extra casting. Now, does everyone understand what extra casting is? Okay, so extra casting, as far as I understand, is that you are the person that is in charge of getting all the people that stand behind the actual actors to look like it would be appropriate in the scene. So let's say they're doing a... Um, a scene on a plantation in Mississippi and there's a bunch of um, slaves working in the background. There's not like three black guy or three white guys playing slaves. That would be a funny joke if I hadn't tipped the punchline <laughs> and said black guys and y'all went, yeah, that's who were slaves were in Mississippi in the 1800s. Also, I needed to explain 1800s and not today and you're like, does America still have slaves? Some people would like it that way, but no, they don't. So that's basically what you do? Yeah, that's that. And you have to deal with extras yeah. who are just a bunch of raisin cakes, aren't they, brother? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because some of them think they're famous. Yeah, absolutely. They, uh, yeah, they're, they're weirdos. Yeah, it's fun, because I've done, I did, I had to uh, extra wrangle. I worked on a, uh, a mini-series for the Canadian Broadcasting Company for a play called Billy Bishop Goes to War. And it's this famous one-man show about the Canadian pilot, Billy Bishop. And they did like a one-man version of it where it was in this black room and it was very beautiful. And at one moment, they wanted to bring in a bunch of World War I veterans into the room to be seen. Now, I had to point this out in a production meeting. This was filmed in 2011. <laughs> There's not a lot of World War I veterans running around. And this shows you Canadian show business. The producers were shocked that they hadn't thought of that already. <laughs> so I had to get on the phone and track down 40 old people that we could then use as World War I veterans, which is a weird phone call to make to agents and old folks' homes. Would anyone there like to be on television? No one with dementia, please. We don't have that kind of time. <laughs> um, and so you then I had to like wrangle them all in a line. We had to get them all into uniform. A lot of them didn't want to wear World War I uniform because they felt it was uncomfortable. And that's a fucking tough negotiation because when you're filming something, you know there's no time for anything. Nothing has ever run on time in the history of show business, especially when it comes to filming something. Because here's what's happened. You show up. And then one of the actors goes, uh, someone just asked me what I wanted for lunch. They were not informed that I don't believe in lunch, so I'm leaving. And then four people have to stop him from leaving. Then a camera catches on fire for some fucking reason. Then a guy with a ponytail just starts smoking. And then you're now four hours behind in five minutes, and you have to kind of wrangle everything. So you need everything to go as smoothly as possible. And if not, then a woman with a very tight bun haircut will call you disappointing to your face, right? fucking it but here's the advantage of working in film and television craft services for those who don't know what craft services what is craft services uh, and food free food and not just like a couple of carrots and an olive i'm talking about i don't know what it is like in the uk but in canada because of it's heavily unionized if you walk up and go i'm looking for like a pesto chicken panini 
the fucking guy is now inclined to go make a chicken pesto panini. And it's like you, and like I once was working on something, so we were on a commercial that went a day late. So it was supposed to be for three hours, and we ended up filming for 24 hours. And I just started fucking with craft services. I asked for a steak sandwich, and they had to go drive and get a steak and bring it back. And you know what? It was delicious. <laughs> Who's the weirdest extra you've ever dealt with? Felix. Hmm. I don't know why I just said your name very cursely there. <laughs> Who's the weirdest extra you've ever dealt with? Felix! I have a lady who emails me on an almost daily basis telling me that she'll take any work apart from porn. And I've told her repeatedly that obviously we don't supply extras to, to porn productions, but she does feel the need to specify it in her daily email. <laughs> How sad it would be to be an extra in a porn movie. <laughs> like, I haven't watched all of the porn, but I've watched most of it. And there is no just, like, people working in the coffee shop when the guy doesn't have enough money for his bill. So then the girl just... What's Pirates? Felix, you little gem of podcasting. <laughs> See, I thought the artists would have a lot more options, but no, no. What is Pirates? Um, it's the, I think it's the hi sort of highest production, most expensive porn film ever made. So it costs like 500 bucks? <laughs> the joke there being that porn is very difficult uh, to make, or to, it's very easy to make, so it doesn't cost any money. You guys would have laughed at that, but you all went, no, no, we understand the budgetary of porn. You didn't mean to make that joke, John. I understand, you're a very sophisticated audience. I'll make you sit through another pretentious theater in a second if you don't fucking lighten up. <laughs> I will do it, I will do it, I will do it. Me and Felix, I'll name him Phoenix, I'll go buy a beret, I'll make you wait. <laughs> so Pirate, so it has CGI? Yeah, it has CGI, it has sort of zombie armies. Um, <laughs> Who the fuck was watching porn and thought, you know what all this fucking is lacking? A very specific plot. Why is there a zombie army? You don't want to find anyone who's accidentally merged sex and zombies <laughs> together. I like how you guys just looked at each other like, we have a friend you would not want to meet then. My yeah, old, old scab Rebecca, she's trouble. Thank you, ladies at the back, for understanding that great joke while the rest of you stared at me with abject horror. Now, back to you. So there's, what? And is this like a thing to be seen? Uh, well, we, we watched it at uni. <laughs> it's available on the internet somehow. I think there's like a hair on your microphone. Oh, oh no, it's stuck. <laughs> How weak are you physically that you weren't able to pull that out? Yeah, you definitely do work in the film business where I did all the work and you took all the credit. As the extras casting director on Passion of the Christ, I'm going to be here to... I don't know why I picked Passion of the Christ as a movie. I don't know. It's just fun to say. Passion of the Christ, in case you've forgotten which Christ it was. Final question. So you watched it in uni, just like a bunch of you all sat there fully clothed watching porn? <laughs> Did anyone break off midway and go, I'm gonna be back in like five to 15 minutes? Uh, that didn't happen, no. It didn't happen? No, we were all quite open with each other, so I think if anyone had really had the urge. <laughs> they would've just fucking started stroking it right there in front of their friends? I'm close with a lot. I did not know that this is where the conversation <laughs> would go. But you know what? I'm okay with it. I'm sorry, miss. I could see you holding your head in your hands. <laughs> I just wanted some light family entertainment. <laughs> Listen, it's not my fault. If you're going to blame anyone, blame fucking perv Felix over here. Him and his fraternity of wanks. Um, how did that become a plan? <laughs> Was it like you, s you scheduled a Saturday and you were like, this Saturday, we're all going to sit together as a group? How many men and how many women? I think it was about 50-50. Uh, not 50 of each, but like percent. 
Good joke, Felix. Good joke. I liked it. I liked it. Um, I think it's probably about like eight of us all together, yeah. Four and four. Yeah. And was there anyone who got like a, like there was no sort of sexual tension during the watching <laughs> of the fuck flick? <laughs> it's really not very sexy. So what? <laughs> yeah, no shit. Just eight people fully clothed watching a porn for the plot. Yeah, there is nothing passionate in that at all. It literally sounds like what eight serial killers would do. It, it was really funny, the film. I think the situation is even funnier. <laughs> I would pay a lot of money to watch the eight of you just staring at it, one person trying to memorize that sex move. Oh, you stand up. Oh, that's how a blowjob works. Yeah, well, th 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 there was a scene with, like, candles and stuff. I can't believe it, but I'm somehow now uncomfortable. Because I'm not sure where... Because I mostly am just waiting for that lady's head to explode. So when he said candles, you literally just looked at your chair. Where the fuck am I? I don't... Pardon me? I will go back to Laura. Laura, were you also involved in watching the porn film with Felix? I wasn't. I missed that day. Why didn't you... Yeah, that's why you have a career in art and old fucking extra casting fuck faces over here is getting porn emails from an... I assume it was an old lady. Is it an old lady? <laughs> oh, you mean the, the one that emails yeah. me at work? Yeah, she, I mean, she's uh, probably in her 50s. That's it's not old. Careful. There's ladies definitely in their 50s in the back, and they're going to stab you in the face. <laughs> what? No, I, I'm always not suggesting she was old. I was in her 50s. Okay, you're just specifying. Yeah. Very good. And do you want to work always in casting there, Felix? Um, no, not really. Where do you want to be if you can dream? I would want to do something more creative than... Directing? Potentially, yeah. Favorite film director? Mine? I don't have one. <laughs> uh, John Waters. Who's that? Uh, Pink Flamingos. Haven't seen it. No, it's, it's kind of a... Well, if, if, <laughs> if Pirates didn't go down very well, then... <laughs> <laughs> it's really I'll be the judge of that, sir. It's kind of like uh, 70s, like bad taste, high camp filmmaking. You like a lot of psychosexual thrillers, don't you, Felix? <laughs> the audience does not care for you at all. Can you feel the tension growing? Not in a bad way. Not in a bad way. Don't worry, guys. I will save it. I have a plan. Felix, I'm going to stop talking to you so that I don't lose the entire audience when you bring up your third favorite film, Debbie Does Dallas 2000, <laughs> and the time you watch that with your family on Christmas Eve. <laughs> I love you. You love me? I don't know why we shook hands after saying I love you to each other. <laughs> I love you, Felix. Lovely doing business with you. Our souls are now merged. <laughs> I'll see you later for your tradition of watching weird films with odd people. We'll watch Passion of the Christ with a bunch of Jewish people. <laughs> I'm standing by that joke and even she laughed. Yes, it was a winner. Satire, everybody. All right, finally, uh, we move over here, you guys, you're a repeat customer to the show, and you brought your wife this time. Yeah. You probably should have brought her to the family episode as opposed to <laughs> Come Weekly, the episode that I'm putting out today. What a terrible thing to say. Anyway, how are you guys enjoying your furniture thus far? And what's your name? I'm sorry. Mary. Mary, beautiful name, Mary. And Mary, you seem wholesome and lovely, the perfect antidote <laughs> to the grot we were discussing <laughs> with Laura and Felix. Favorite type of muffin, Mary? Good move. 
follow-up question. Do you like that they put the frosting now on the lemon popping seed, or do you like going no frosting? No frosting. Follow-up question. I have no follow-up question. Mary, what do you do for a living? I'm a clinical scientist. You're a clinical scientist? What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> do you make drugs? Are you Walter White? No, I test blood. You test blood? Yeah. For what? Vampires? National Blood Services. National Blood Services? What's the weirdest thing you found in blood? Pee? <laughs> I thought that would get more, but it didn't. I understand, though. You guys are very, like, you like facts. You're like, that doesn't make any sense, John. You wouldn't find pee in blood unless someone <laughs> peed in someone's vein. And they've got bigger problems than, you know, needing to be seen by a clinical scientist. So you test blood for various things? Yep. Uh, HIV, hepatitis C. Also known as the funniest topic to go down <laughs> in the middle of... Shaggers disease? <laughs> I did not like how you said that at all. She literally went, the Shaggers disease. <laughs> I know that AIDS is a real thing. But thing. <laughs> what is Shagger's disease? Is that a different thing? Oh, I thought it was an insensitive name for AIDS. I just thought you were the darkest medical professional in the world. You know, AIDS, HIV, also known as Shagger's disease, around the coffee shop in the old, in the old hospital. What is Shagger's disease? It's a South American sleeping, no, a South American trypanosomal infection. All right, can you use oh those? <laughs> Leave it to me, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is the word trypanosomal? Trypanosomal is a type of bug, like um, sleeping sickness. So it's not like a, you don't get it from bang bang bang. It just makes you fall asleep. No, no, no. It's a different. It's a similar thing to one you get in Africa, but it doesn't make you sleepy. It causes other problems. You get it from a thing called a, a kissing bug. It bites you at night. This disease has the most wholesome names and the most terrifying. You get it from a kissing bug, and then you smoothly rub it into your cheek, and then you wake up and you're a monster. And um, so, Mary, how long have you guys been married? Nearly eight years. Nearly eight years? When's the anniversary? October 6th. What are you going to do for your anniversary? Be two little kissing bugs? Yeah. Right? Right? Except you won't give each other Shagger's disease? No. <laughs> Only South America. You give South Americans yeah, Shagger's disease? South America. Oh, gotcha. Um, eight years. Key to a happy marriage, Mary. Be scared of your wife. But you're the wife. You're scared of her? Is that actually true? Because you guys don't... S no. But actually give me some advice to a happy marriage. I, I would like some... Give it. What if you really want to do it? Like, what if you're at a water slide park and you want to go down the water slide? And she's like, no, I'm not going down the water slide. Like, I'd be like, well, fuck you. I'm going down the water slide. I guess so, but I would have, I might be very cold because of the icy, icy silences, but I'd be kept warm by all my water slide fun memories. <coughs> tough crowd, tough crowd. One lady likes water slides. The rest of you are like, no, we're scared of our wives, man. Um, and how did you guys meet? On the internet dating site. Which internet dating site? Hopefully a wholesome one, not like domfun.com. Yeah, shaggersdisease.net. <laughs> um, I can't, what's it called? I can't remember. It's not a very well-known one, but it's a... Yeah. It was like a niche, a decent one? Yeah, I'm on, I 
broke up with a girl about a month ago, and I'm on Tinder. Is anyone else on Tinder? Oh, fuck you. You're all lying. <laughs> they have a billion members. W statistically, four of you are on Tinder. It is the most horrible. They've somehow made the internet more selfish, and I don't know how they did it. It's just embarrassing, because you're on there, and you're literally just basing, like, what do I feel about this person's face right now? No. 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 Yeah, and then you have to chat to them, and then you meet them. And what's weird is because it's the Edinburgh Festival, I keep seeing people and go, I know that person. No, I recognize them from Tinder. <laughs> and it was bad because yesterday I started talking to someone, and I thought they were a friend of mine's girlfriend, and she thought I was one of the employees of the venue. It just turned out we recognized each other from Tinder, and we both said no to each other. And we had to, and we had this lovely conversation. We both kind of realized, like, oh, maybe we both shouldn't be so shallow, but we're gonna stick to our opinion. Like, it, it was just very bizarre. And I just, I don't like it, but I don't know really what to do because it sort of seems like dating's kind of moved to that now, where you kind of like meet people and then like you go for like a drink and then one of them's like, you want to come back and kiss and then never speak again, eyes open, kissing only. And you're just like, I don't want to do any of that. Like, it's just, it's very strange. Like, I miss the old days when there'd be a man and a woman in a bar, and they would drink until they're nearly blacked out, and then the man would say something romantic like, do you want to buy some food? <laughs> and then later he would try and kiss her, and she would repel because his breath smelled like a garlic corpse. <laughs> but she would like write her number on his hand, and he'd wake up and be like, oh, sweet, her number. And then they would go out and be social and have many dates and date for a couple of years. But now not like you guys are a couple, yes? How did you guys meet? in a nightclub, old school, classic ways. Loud, searing music, you walked up there with your windswept hair looking like some sort of Lothario that knows how to make a mean Jaeger bomb. <laughs> she sat by a speaker probably dancing, but not so much sexy, it's just in a way that she really loves the song Shake It Off by Taylor Swift. And who approached who? Because how old are you guys? 23, okay, so a friend of a friend. Were you nervous to approach each other? What? Not really. Not really. Yeah. You don't give a fuck, do you? You're a rebel. <laughs> You're probably like a test pilot for something like the X7 Sky Cycle. I was reading about Evil Knievel earlier today, by the way. He invented the Sky Cycle, which is a motorcycle that's also a rocket ship. And to answer your next question, every bone in his body. Now, <laughs> um, so you just, a friend of a friend approached each other and then you danced, and then one of you probably went into the bathroom and had to talk to that weird Nigerian guy who's always selling gum in nightclub <laughs> bathrooms. And whenever you don't even take his gum or his soap, but you still feel like guilty for not tipping, so you just don't talk to him, which means you also don't end up washing your hands. <laughs> so then you go to the bar to ask for like a cup of ice, and you just try and like wash your hands with the ice. And then you realize you're in a crowded nightclub by yourself, just rubbing ice on your hands, <laughs> looking at the other people, like, why are you here? I get my hands cold so I can touch you. Like, it's just, it's a whole scene in there. I just, I can't fucking, I don't like nightclubs. I've never liked nightclubs. I've always been like a rock band or like go to a pub because I like to talk or when not talking, have a thing to look at. But I find nightclubs, it's just too overt of like, we're here to be sweaty, but also to try and finger each other. Do you know what I mean? Where, wh wait a minute, wait. Yes, you do know exactly what you mean. You met in a nightclub, don't deny it, miss. I saw you just flashed and turned into every British person. No, that's not why I was there, even though the situation I am in proves that that's why I was there. Now, um, where was the nightclub? In Clapham. In Clapham. In London. 
in London, yeah? I know where Clapham is, all right? It's right next to Giant City. <laughs> yeah, 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 you didn't think I was gonna make that funny, but I fucking did, took me a bit. Classic, five stars in some publication. Now, you're in Clapham, <laughs> and uh, what was the song that was playing when your friend approached you two and was like You don't remember? How unromantic. All right, I'm gonna assume the song was Okay, I'm going to put a song on. It would be better if I had this prepared, but I don't, so. Okay, so what are your names, sorry? Caroline and Ben. Caroline and Ben? You're Ben? Yeah. <laughs> Again, I'm going to enjoy that one. <laughs> All right, so you're, you're walking along, you're in the nightclub, and Robin's Call Your Girlfriend comes on, which is my favorite pop hit of all time. Yeah. Do you like that song? Yeah, it's, it's fucking great, isn't it? Totally. It's so fucking... For me? All right, well, if you're gonna compare Dancing on My Own to Call Your Girlfriend, listen, Call Your Girlfriend's a like everyone kind of song. Dancing on Your Own is when you put on by yourself because you had a show, your solo show, and it kind of went okay, but it didn't go as well as you wanted it to, and you were gonna listen to Bad Brains, but you didn't really know how to feel about it, so you put Dancing on Your Own on, and you didn't know anyone else was in your flat, and they like come into your room, and you're just shirtless listening to Dancing on Your Own by yourself, and they're like, what are you doing? You're like, feeling better about myself? What are you doing? <laughs> None of that was made up, by the way. That was Wednesday night. It was a good time. <laughs> I also learned that my friend Chris Betts, he's doing a show 945 at the Pleasance Courtyard, and he looks like a hipster lumberjack. He just went, been there, man. I love that track. And then he gave me this fist, and then he just went into his room. <laughs> All right, so. Ben. This song's on. Ben, I'm gonna walk, you're walking up to Caroline. What do you say to her? Okay, guys, we gotta get a bit more of a nightclub atmosphere. So everyone stand up. Everyone, st I said, everyone, fucking stand up. All right. Okay, and awkwardly gyrate like we're at a nightclub. Very good. Because no one really knows how to dance. Caroline, I like how you just immediately got into it. Very good. Very good. All right. All right. Now, Ben, you're approaching. Someone's walking out. We got one walkout. Put money in the goddamn cup, you cheapskates. I will fucking find you. I know your faces. I'll see you in Giant City, bitches, now. All right, so you're walking up to Caroline. You're walking up to her. And what, what's going to be your big line to woo her? What's your big line? How are you doing? You're going to say it like that? Yes. I don't think so. Lauren? Yes. Is that how he should say it? No. Yeah, how should he say it, Laura? How you do it. Yeah, how you do it. Like Joey from Friends. He fucked everybody. All right, all right, you're gonna try it? Okay, let's do it. Okay, go. How you doing? Hey, hey, no, Carolyn, Car or Carolyn, not on the word at all. Carolyn, what are you gonna say in response? Good. Good. Now let's celebrate your love with 30 seconds of dancing. Everybody dance, everybody dance now! guys it's actually really sad because it's her convincing a girl to call her girlfriend so that they can have sweet sweet lesbian sex but depressing in the end but fun to dance to we've reached almost the end of the show you guys can sit back down you're all awkwardly looking at me i know what you're thinking john this show was so amazing and engaging we would love to give you money for it 
don't worry, you'll have an opportunity. At the door, you can take a pamphlet from my paid show and put any money in the cup that you think the show is worth. And by the way, that amount is five pounds. Uh, <laughs> but before we go, I always like to get parting advice from someone at the show, and usually the microphone cord is longer, but today I'm having, I'm having trouble making it all the way to the third row. What's up, brother? How are you? What's your name? Sam. Sam. You do look like a Sam, someone that has lived a life, but most of it noble, and the other stuff was sleeping. <laughs> yes. yes, and Sam, what do you do for a living? I'm an artist. Are you really? Yeah. I'm loving this crowd. It's very learned. I'm glad I played a pop hit for you guys, <laughs> as opposed to some John Cage. I'm a graphic designer. Graphic designer. Favorite type of font? <laughs> oh. Isn't that a great question? Yeah, yeah. Mine was gothic, but I think I might just be a Times Roman guy. I know it's very simple, but it's lovely to read. We do have that option, apparently. Are you sad that cursive is not being taught in schools anymore? Absolutely. Isn't that fucked up? Because I write mostly in cursive, which means that I soon will be writing in a dead language, which makes me feel incredibly old, seeing as I'm only 30, and soon I won't be understood in my own time, making me a great artist, right, Laura <laughs> and Sam? <laughs> That was the best show of the show, and I'm so happy I went for it. Thank you. Um, and uh, so, Sam, so graphic design, all that sort of favorite artist? That's difficult. I mean, that's. Wh where would I see it's difficult to work? Get it? No? Okay, bye. Well, I like, I like the classic artists, you know, um, I like pre Raphaelite art, I like early 20th century art. That's okay. You're like me with professional wrestling. I like them all. I can't you pick like one favorite. <laughs> yeah, I just related 20th century art to professional wrestling. Why? Because professional wrestling is 20th century art. Now, <laughs> the floor is yours. Definitely narrative art. It's definitely figurative narrative art. Oh, I thought you were saying pro wrestling was figurative narrative art, and I was <laughs> like, thanks for backing me up, Sam. I was <laughs> totally fine being alone. And then I was like, no, no, he's talking about what he likes. It's like, oh, that makes way more sense. So, Sam, the floor is yours. Before we conclude, anything could be a podcast podcast. I ask you just a piece of advice, parting words, something that people all over the world, more specifically five people in Australia, two people in Thailand, <laughs> about 100 people in Scotland, and about 300 people in Canada will listen to, and then... It doesn't have to be a piece of advice. One guy two days ago went, if, uh, if your shit don't work, fix it. Oh, he's phoning a friend. <laughs> Take that guy's advice. He's from Southeast London. That's all I know about him, which is why I said it. And it's a nice part of the world. Don't eat yellow snow. Don't eat yellow snow. Both a great Frank Zappa lyric and the motto of my home country, Canada. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this has been anything me. Well, I fucked up the ending, Sam. <laughs> Did you see that where I just went to go say the title of the show and then I just went pa 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 Yeah, yeah, It was a deconstruction, Dadaist movement style. Yeah, yeah, like Marcel Duchamp or Ducamp. Like, thank you. That's right. I read, I did an art appreciation. Well, I just, I <laughs> thank you? Uh, I know what you're thinking. John, was he insulting you? No, I've lived in the UK long enough. That was like a high compliment from these people.
You are cleverer than you look. <sighs> are you going to write that in a greeting card? It'll be on your tombstone. Now, that would actually be a great thing to put on your tombstone. John Hastings, cleverer than he looked. <laughs> 1985 to 2015. Oh, I'm planning to die this year because I've taken up heroin. Not yet, but September's going to get weird. Not really. I'm going to live a long time. So, Sam, parting words one last time so I can go into the closing extra thing and get you guys out of here. Are you going to stick with your original piece of advice? All right, we'll say it one more time. With your eat yellow snow. Ladies and gentlemen, say it with me now. Don't eat yellow snow. Don't eat yellow snow. Don't eat yellow snow. Here's the weird thing with saying things in a rhythmic chant. It's creepy no matter what the context <laughs> is. Which is why I always feel a little uncomfortable when on Christmas Eve I go to church with my family and we're all like, and I was like, this is just very uncomfortable. Not ending the show on a laugh, <laughs> but on a nice message, don't you think, Sam? You know what I like about your name, Sam? And I'm sorry, I keep ending the show and then starting it back up again. With the name Sam, it's always just a nice name to refer to, because it's not like, you know what I mean? Like, what does Sam think? Play it again, Sam. Sam's the man, ladies and gentlemen. Sam's the man. I'll see you later. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. <laughs>